Welcome to episode one of Always Listening. We're your hosts. I'm Josh. I'm Joel, and we are always listening. This week, we're listening to Fugitive Waves from the Kitchen Sisters. Josh, I suggested this one, so uh, let me tell you a little bit about it. It's hosted by Davia Nelson and Nikki Silva. And uh, here's just a little bit of a um, a warning, a you said disclaimer. Davian? It's Davia. Isn't it Davia? Oh, yeah, it is Davia. I thought you said Davian. No, Davia. Yeah. Okay, there we go. But this is a, a disclaimer. I, I know, I know Nikki Silva, you know, not like we've hung out and had You've coffee together. I have met her. Yes. I've, now, I've met her too. I, we did. We met her at uh, podcast. Here's the moment. interesting thing. You knew who she was already. I didn't have a clue. I was starstruck from the, from the moment we walked up there. But uh, let me continue though with the stats before we get further. You can find this show and more from the Kitchen Sisters and that's their collective name, Davia and Nikki. You can find them at kitchensisters.org. They've got every episode of this show specifically there and lots of their other projects, too. So check that all out. How often can you find this show? Well, you can get it every two weeks, and you're going to find the episodes to be between 15 to 30 minutes. So that's the stats on the show. You're going to find out a lot more because every week here on Always Listing, we review a podcast for you to help you find your next favorite show. Now, what were you about to say? So, so I knew who Nikki was. I knew who the Kitchen Sisters were. As we walked up and, and shook her hand, Davia was not at podcast movement. I believe her father was ailing and she was caring for him. Here's what I think was cool about us reviewing the show. I believe it's the first show that we reviewed where we I'd, I'd met the person before reviewing the show and didn't have a clue what her show was about. Just met her as a person. She was delightful. Nikki Silva. Uh, yes. No, absolutely. She's a, a very sweet woman. They are. um how would I describe? Well, I'll tell you exactly how I've described them to other people. They were sort of cool hippie radio chicks uh, in the '60s and the '70s Taking with NPR. Down oral histories, man. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Oral history is their thing, and 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 what a cool thing it is. Uh, the first way that we're going to tell you about this show is to talk about host likability. I think sort of the gateway through to any show, because the fact of the matter is, whatever topic you're covering on a podcast, whatever format you have, whatever gimmick. Uh, your show might bring to the table, there are probably at least four or five that have all of those same things, except those shows aren't hosted by you, right? So you've talked about this a lot. I've talked about this a lot. Host likability can make a show stand out or or completely stand. Yeah. Let's yeah, start yeah. there. What do you think of Nikki and uh, Davia? Well, it's all narrative. Yes. Right? Here's the thing is, it's narrative. There's a lot of interviews in it, but you never really hear them ask a question. And the way they host is more... It, they're really they're, they're producers, and they really only come on to give exposition, and that's about it. And read commercials. Yeah, exposition, read commercials, intro, uh, end cap it, and that's it. And the rest of it is are the the subjects telling their own stories. I I think there are. So it was hard. It was hard to like. It's yes, you know, you're right. This is one case where host likability is not nearly as important as it, as it is in a normal show because there are many many other voices that that'll be featured week to week. As a matter of fact. Voices that you may fall in love with in the course of one story, you'll never hear that voice again on the podcast. Well, and the, and the thing is, is they kind of they they were they're producers. That's what they are. That's uh, that's what they do, and that's kind of how they refer to themselves. And so, like having that in mind, listening to it, I was like, man, this is kind of like um, this is kind of like if uh, producers were like celebrity chefs, right? Ah, they're like celebrity producers. They're mixing right? it they're up. They're not hosts. Yeah, no, but right? they're but they're mixing it up. They're putting they're they're. they're they make mixtapes is what they do. Like, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, Nikki, because she's a little old school, she slipped me a CD of one of her mixtapes yes. at the, yeah, at the, yeah. the uh, podcast movement uh, conference. 
Yeah, let me tell you, she, by the way, is incredibly personable, incredibly generous with her time. Her session that I went to was really, really cool. And then afterwards, she was very giving. I saw her, not just to us, but she talked to several different people at the conference. I know she uh, she made a lot of people's day. Um, and Davia would have done the same thing, I'm sure, if she'd been there. I'm hoping that the two of them will make it to uh, Podcast Movement 16 in Chicago next year. But again, this is a show where you don't even have to know who the Kitchen Sisters are. You don't have to know anything about them. You don't have to get into them. Uh, or be into them to be into the show because it's really about the stories. It's about the secrets. It's about the inner lives that they're revealing through the narrative. So let's talk about how they do that. Let's move on to production values. They got great music choices. I mean, the best music choices, <laughs> right? Here's uh, I'm so jealous well, that they have I, a staff to go out and get rights to all these things. My least favorite thing of the show happens to be a, a production value issue. Oh, yes. They fake me out. All the time, because I know some of them can be quite short. I know some of them can be like 30 minutes long. So for whatever reason, I don't know why they do it. Halfway through a show, they'll start like rolling credits on the show. It'll say like, this was produced by so-and-so. The sound was done by yada, yada. And, and whenever I hear that, I have been conditioned to like, all right, that's in the show. Turn it off. And I've, and I've caught myself missing half the shows that I'm listening to because I'm cutting it off right there. So here's an example of what I'm talking about. This literally happens in the middle of an episode. That's maybe the most beautiful part of girlhood is knowing that you can't actually be all of these things, but not being entirely sure. Horses, Unicorns, and Dolphins was produced by the Kitchen Sisters, Nikki Silva and Davia Nelson, and mixed by Jim McKee. Bonnie Zachary always wanted a horse. When she and, went to work, and then as an there's like there's like 14 more minutes yes. of episode. There, that's a particularly long episode that you right. heard. That it, that's right in the middle of the of the show. That here's the thing. Until you pointed that out, I had never noticed it. This is literally my note for production values. Here's what I've got written down. They've got great music choices and effectively perfect editing. And the stories that they weave together are just amazing. The stories they weave together are amazing. But that's an example of, that is not perfect editing. I understand there is some reason to make the choice like that. You have to put the credit somewhere. You have to, like, you have to put those somewhere. And their stories are seamless in a well, lot I of think ways. Well, the, I think they do it at the end of the show as well. Some, but, well, I don't, do you think, do you think in that episode, for instance, do you think that they did it twice? Maybe they did. I don't it's know. Possible. I think it's sneaky. It is sneaky. And I can see why you would be confused. But I got to tell you, that might be to try to goad you into, hey, Hey, Mr. Itchy Trigger Finger over there, what's you in a hurry for? Uh, the episode's obviously not done. When it's done, your podcast yeah. app will move to the next episode. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> but I never listen. I never listen to the end of shows, whether they start shilling something or whether it's a musical guest or what whatever about the it shows? Is. What about the shows you, and I believe this has come up, which by the way, we, this is episode one of Always Listening, but if you, you're just stumbling onto the show in our uh, subscription, in our feed, if you subscribe to the show on iTunes or you found us on Blog Talk Radio or wherever you found us, there are other episodes before. We used to be a show called Pod on Pod. So in one of those previous episodes, we've talked about this, I believe, there are podcasts that have sort of secret songs, right? Yeah. Like the like little bonus content after silence. But you got to wait. You got to wait on that. And you can see it if you're looking at your app. You can see that there are, hey, there's 10 minutes left of this show and they're playing the theme music. Obviously, this isn't something's going on here, right? So, how many albums have secret tracks at the end of them that aren't listed? 
There's some. There's not many. In fact, it's probably a very small percentage. There's a reason uh, for it, because nobody cares. Uh, we're, we're children of the 90s, man. Like, every album had a secret <laughs> song that wasn't listed on the... Like, like all the, everything I ever stole from BMG Music or from Columbia Music House, all those albums had secret tracks. Garth Brooks had a secret track once yeah. in a while, all right? So, like, everybody did. Don't play like that wasn't a thing. I'm saying... I'm, I'm not saying it wasn't going to be It was a fad. It's, it was here, it was gone, and no one remembers it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So let's move on to something uh, that people will remember. Let's talk about the audio quality of this show. We're discussing Fugitive Waves from the Kitchen Sisters. They're known for found audio. As a matter of fact, uh, and I haven't mentioned this yet, but the tagline of the show is um, Lost, Lost recordings and charts of sound, along with news stories of remarkable people from around the world. Stories from the flip side of history. We're the Kitchen Sisters, Davia Nelson and Nikki Silva. But because of that, uh, because they use this found audio and it comes from all sorts of different places, some of them, the audio quality is not great. Like this is not we, like, well, for instance, another this show is on the Radiotopia Network. There's another show from Radiotopia that we've reviewed, 99% Invisible. The audio quality there, even though occasionally they record out of the studio, even though occasionally they do interviews, that is almost always stellar. This sometimes right, they find something mo- in a closet somewhere. Right. So, for example, uh, the episode about the man who recorded his town, a guy named Eddie uh, ended up getting hurt at work, couldn't really do anything, got a tape recorder and went around town and recorded literally just his his uh, his town people. And the best part is that he went and recorded the oldest residents uh, of the community and kind of worked his way down. And one of the things that he says is. They waited too late to get their history because a lot of the stuff that he records is about sharecropping. Uh, some of the, you know, I think a man was 110. And so they got to talk about slavery and things like that. And and he was disappointed that they waited too late to get a lot of their history down because it's powerful, man. Oral histories can be very powerful. And that guy did a fantastic job of getting stuff down that no one else would get down. No one else would hear anywhere. Unless you go to those recordings. I'm curious. Why, why did they? I'm nosy. What happened over there? That's what oral history and interviews is. So you got to, your mind got to go to work. You got you know what you want, but you got to figure out how to get it. <laughs> you ask one thing, they come out with another thing. You got to come back with another thing. A little surprise. I agree. I agree. And so that's, that's my broader point. Like if you are like me and you're an audio snob, there will be parts of this that you're like, well, it's, I could barely hear that. My wife, for instance, I was all excited to share the Tennessee Williams episode with her, and she complained that she couldn't understand Tennessee on most of the recordings. But if you don't listen to the show, because some of the recordings are not like pristine quality and all, oh, there's, there's better sounding podcasts out there, you were missing out on gems, man. Like there's, there's yeah. gold, and some of that gold is just old and covered up with dirt. But let's move on to the content itself. They tell a lot of wonderful stories about women. That's something that I keep coming upon here. It's not their only theme at all. Yeah, but that I is felt, a recurring um, one. Felt very like Huel Hauser like, <laughs> uh, because they are completely just impassioned with whatever project they're working on. Like it, it touches them in some way, or they find it uh, interesting. And so I always feel like, you know, Huel's in the background going, "That's amazing." <laughs> Uh, they they do they do find something really positive all over the place. I got to tell you though, they stumble upon some really really wonderful. I say stumble upon. Obviously, they're out there searching, but I mean, they find some amazing people, some amazing stories, which leads us to 
I think a couple of, well, why don't we talk about some of our don't miss moments, some of the things that you just cannot give up on, on this show, even if you don't think this show's for you. I'm going to start with my favorite episode other than the Tennessee Williams episode. The Tennessee Williams episode's golden. I'm going to get to that and gush in a minute. But my second favorite one was episode four. It's the, I think it's called The Long Shadow of Shirley Temple. And Oh, you told me to, I didn't listen to yes. it, but you told me I should listen to that one. It's it's not about the the dancer, the the performer, the the actress. It's about the drink? No, it's oh. it's about a woman who took her name uh, from Shirley Temple because that's the first thing uh in English that she really heard. She had immigrated as a girl, uh young girl. She had no family. She was like stuck in an Ellis Island type situation. Perhaps it was even Ellis Island. She's literally sitting there in a hospital room. Uh, or an orphanage room or something she's seeing a TV and it's Shirley Temple dancing. And and that's the very beginnings of English. And she just thought Shirley Temple had such a positive outlook on life. Like, like what an amazing person. And so she decided to take that name. <laughs> I yes, love it. work that baby child actor 16 hours a day and get her on, get her on film. That's right. But she, uh, she, she has this, wonderful- by the way, I have, I don't, I have no idea what Shirley Temple's working life was like. So please don't tell me I'm just searching <laughs> yeah. the name of, Whatever studio she worked for, because I don't know. Yeah, don't write in about that one. Um, but she's got this great quote, though, where she talks about her younger life. She's a little bit older as they're recording this, and she's telling her stories. But she's talking about when she was a little younger, and she would say, uh, I work hard, uh, but I play very hard, too. <laughs> and I love that. That was one of my favorite moments. That episode's nice. awesome. I had two favorite moments come from the same episode. Uh, and that was, I think it was horses, unicorns, and ponies, maybe? Dolphins. Dolphins, that's horses, what Horses, unicorns, and dolphins. Yeah, they the talk dolphins about are ponies, the horses though. of the sea. Yeah. One came, she was the lady who invented My Little Ponies. Yes. Right? They were talking about uh, My Little Ponies, and she had one boss tell her, um, little girls aren't like you. They like to cook. They like to clean and iron. I was like, wow, that is a statement of the times, man. <laughs> like, that was all, that was like crazy. Um, and the second one is, so the episode, uh, horses, unicorns, and dolphins, they start talking about bronies, which I have never, I don't understand. I've never understood. I've watched My Little Pony, Friendship is Magical. Friendship is Magic. That's what it is. That's right. Uh, to it's, see what, the, what, okay, how, it's what is a good the, show. No, it's not. No, yes, it's it not. Is. No, it is. It's no, a good it's show. not. It's a good. Sh- it's for for a kid's show, right? But a brony's not a children. kid, bro. A brony's not a kid. No, but here's the thing: you don't you don't have children, which means you're not exposed to modern children's programming. Hey, sure. And if that's your reason, cool. <laughs> all I'm saying is, in the brony culture, a lot of those dudes don't have kids either, and they come from all walks of life. The brony don't paint me into a corner. The brony is for all. Josh. Um. So, but I didn't get it. I didn't understand the subculture at all. And they had a great, uh, a great line in there, which kind of brought it around. I was like, okay, uh, I, I, can, I can get on with that. So girls can like Batman, and it's a virtue, right? Like if you have a, uh, a little girl can like Spider-Man, a superhero, it's like, yeah, hey, that's cool. Nobody judges that little girl for it at all. It's completely normal. But a guy liking My Little Pony Friendship is Magic is looked down on. That's not fair. It's not, man. And that's like the whole Target taking down the boys and the girls' labels on the toy aisles, right? Like, it's not that the toys won't continue to be organized in that here are the Barbies and here are the, you know, the, 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 ki- the kitchen items and here are the action figures. What's interesting is because we listen to a ton of shows, right? 
and one that we're going to review in the near future is Invisibilia, right? Yes. Uh, they have an episode on categories uh, and, and how a category shapes you, why categories are important and those types of things. And I thought, man, this would be a really cool if it could cross over, like DC and Marvel, like if Invisibilia and Kitchen Sisters put these two audio things together and, and came out with a unified show. Uh, it would be really cool to see how bronies take to being like how that category defines them. All all the time, I wish that some of my favorite podcast producers and hosts would like would cross over and do the other person's show for a week or two. And yes, I think that would be I think that'd be amazing. I wish all the shows would do that from time to time. Uh, well, one of the things because the show is so short, I never get. I, I felt like I felt like I didn't get everything i wanted out of it so the the what it, wall street episode yes so with the wall street episode it's this guy in prison's been in prison since he was like 17 learned to read in prison started reading stocks trading stocks you know got really financially sound right uh and they mentioned that every time he goes to read the paper he puts his picks in an envelope and puts the envelope next to his desk on the wall but they never say what his picks. I want to know what percentage this guy's at. Like, he's got a lot of time. Like, he's in prison, man. Like, What's there's not a whole lot of time. Right. Well, he wants a nest egg. But What's imagine if your financial advisor literally had nothing else to do besides study stocks and finances. Well, that's what this guy does. And I want to know. His pick rate. Street came inside the prison system at 17 years old. He was illiterate. Didn't know how to read or write. One day he stumbled upon the financial section of the newspaper. Thought it was the sports section. He used to have his celly read it to him. This guy asked, what are you doing with that financial section? You don't know nothing about that. I was like, what's that? And a guy asked me if I played stocks. I had never even heard the word before. He told me, he said, you know, this is where white people keep their money. And when he said that, I was like, ooh, like I stumbled across something here. Uh, it drove me nuts, man. I it, couldn't stop thinking about it. it. It would be interesting. It would be interesting, absolutely. I, I got to tell you, somebody somebody is going to do something more with Wall Street. He is a dynamic young man. He is a, a, a very dynamic young man. I'm excited uh, to hear How his story. How old do you think he was? Is. He, well, he's about my age. He's about our age, I would say, because they said he his crime was committed Almost two decades ago, he was seventeen, and now he's nearly forty, or, or oh, nearing yeah. forty, or something yeah, so like he's that. Probably so thirty-seven. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking. He was pro- he was probably about seventeen, and it's let's say eighteen or nineteen years ago. So he's like thirty-five, thirty-six. I just wouldn't call that young. No, it's, he's still a young man in the course of time. He is not a young man, as in he's not a he's not a rookie. Right, but like I'm saying that. if you say, but you just said he's a fascinating young man. I'm thinking sixteen, seventeen, nineteen, twenty-two at the. Hey, I am am thirty three years old. I'm going to say that thirty seven is still pretty young. So let's sure. assume that hey, he's there. W- whatever gets you up in the morning. My my, my it's a sliding scale, and the older I get, uh, the the hey, let's ask Nikki and uh, Davia how how old a young person is. I but guarantee theirs is pretty high. Ooh, that's a real sly way of calling them out of being. Uh, They've just been around a while. Mm, that's all sure. I'm saying there. Okay, let me tell you my other favorite moment. I got to talk, talk about, about this one episode. Of your heroes like that. Shush. I got to talk about this episode. I want to talk about episode two, uh, and it's all about Tennessee Williams and his lover at the time, Poncho, and their recordings from the Pennyland Arcade in New Orleans. This is a real place. This is a place that existed yeah. until very, very recently. Yeah. 
and you couldn't go there and record yourself necessarily, but like it is a thing that I have I have traipsed by this this area. I have a lot of romanticism for Tennessee Williams, and so this whole story was really cool. They also like reminded me of some awesome songs from the Ink Spots that I hadn't thought about in a long time. Like I had sort of forgotten that that band existed, and I, so I've been way listening to them after I heard this episode. But the m- coolest part about this whole thing, though, is the interplay between these two people, between Tennessee and Poncho. You see a very like intimate look at their relationship through these recordings. And my favorite one is uh, Poncho's just gotten back to town, and uh, Tennessee is interviewing him, and he says, uh, "Poncho." Have you gotten around town? Have you seen any of this New Orleans yet? What do you What do you think of it? And Poncho says, "Yes, yes, I've I've seen Canal Street." And and uh, and Tennessee says, "Oh, you got to get off of that canal. You got to get yourself down to this bourbon, down to Royal." About the street here in this town, have you gotten around much yet? Oh yes, I have, but I have gotten around. I've been cruising on Canal Street, you know. Oh, honey, you get off. Yeah, that sounds like an episode I'm gonna listen to. So I do have uh, a little bit of lanyap for you. One of the things that we wanted to make sure that we did, yeah, you know, one of the things that we wanted to make better with our show was better uh, research. So, um. Do you know how Kitchen Sisters uh, got their name? Uh, yeah, specifically. I, no, I do. Well, I mean, I know about the Hidden Kitchen uh, uh, stories, and that's something that's ongoing. Okay, well, you tell me how they, how, why did they become the Kitchen Sisters? I, I think it's about the fact that they searched for stories specifically about kitchens, these hidden kitchens. Nope. These, no? Nope. All right, then. I, I thought it was tied to, to this ongoing idea of, they talk a lot about like where people eat and where we you share our food. You see, Joel, you may have suggested the show, but I really, I really got in deep. Dug, dug I deep. Dug, I dug did deep. Did the research. I did. I typed in Kitchen Sisters and went to their Wikipedia page. What, 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 what is the backstory <laughs> um, on the name? So, uh, whenever they uh, first got together, the first oral history that they, uh, uh, one of the first ones that they did together as a team was called, the, what was about the Kitchen Brothers? The last name was Kitchen. The last name was Kitchen. <laughs> right. So. They told the story of the Kitchen Brothers. Yes. And from so, the Kitchen Sisters. Well, they weren't even called the Kitchen Sisters. Yeah, of course this not. Is, this is back in the day, man. But whenever they came up with the idea to do this, to kind of pay an, an homage, uh, they went with uh, Kitchen Sisters. That's pretty cool. Because that was their first story. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, you know, interestingly enough, our network Named in homage to our very first podcast, Two Guys in a Podcast, our original show that brought us together behind the mics, our network, Two Guys and a Rogue Network. Uh, a little nod. There there you go. We do have something in common with uh, Davia and, oh. and Nikki, uh, <laughs> other than the fact that we do a podcast. So so let's move it along here, Josh, because we got some listener feedback to get to. But before we do that, are we going to suggest this show? Or are you going to keep listening? Yeah, I'm going to. I will eventually listen to every one of these. They're, they're short. They're easy to consume. And I really, I really enjoy, um, I mean, I like oral histories. I feel like I'm going through like, uh, my, my, my podcast phase, you know, how like painters have like, oh, it's his blue phase. I'm in my oral history phase, right? I've transitioned to that through my interview phase with like WTF and shows like that. And now I'm entering into my oral history phase with shows like Invisibilia, uh, Kitchen Sisters, 99% Invisible. I'm really digging those shows right now. 
I'm I'm with you, man. I'm going to suggest this show to lots of people. I'm going to listen to every single episode. I'm as a matter of fact, I'm pretty deep in the catalog already. Thank you so much, Nikki Silva and Davia Nelson and uh, the Kitchen Sisters. Thank you, PRX uh, Radiotopia, for bringing us such a great show. All right, let's get to our listener feedback. This is some great stuff from Christopher Lupo, okay? Oh, nice. I he like, writes in all the I time. I love Christopher Lupo. Chris sent us, uh, and this was a tweet from a while back, actually. He asked, do any iOS apps, that's iPhone or iPad stuff, do any apps allow you to open a free audio file, just something randomly online that you found, and increase its playback speed? He's like, if I had an audio file, can I play that back faster? I know podcast apps do that. Uh, in particular, I've talked about Overcast, before. Overcast, right? Overcast not yeah. only does it, Almost all the podcast apps, you can just literally crank it up faster. But Overcast does a thing they call smart speed, which shrinks the silences in audio. And as soon as he tweeted so me So it's this, kind of like um, like listening to uh, Overcast's smart speed is a, um, is a lot like doing a filibuster in the Senate, right? Like there's, there's no breaks. There's no pauses. You have to continually talk to hold the floor or you yield the floor. <laughs> sort of, sort of. They don't completely remove the silences. What he does is he removes them proportionately. So if you have like a six-minute silence, there will still be a long silence. It just won't be six minutes. It'll be proportionally, uh, you know, shortened. Here's the, the, the further answer, because sort of Chris went and did some more research and answered his own question. He found a Reddit thread, actually, uh, and the service is called Huff Duffer, which is a great name, I think. Huff Duffer. I think it would. I think it works just as well the other way. Duff Huffer. Sure. Uh, Huff Duffer. You throw a URL at it. So you save the link for whatever audio you want, mm-hmm. and it generates an RSS feed of all of those files. And then you could take that RSS and put it into any podcast app you want, including <sighs> Overcast. So much work. I'm never doing that. But the idea is that it's a listen later function for any audio anywhere. And get this. I never have a later. It will even work for video. You can get videos from YouTube or Vimeo and send them. It will strip the audio and drop that in the RSS feed for you so that you can, again, not only listen in your podcast app, but speed it up if you use smart speed or something like that. I really hope all of the audio files out there that are listening to this part are are having warm, tingly feelings (laughs) because that's the only way I can sit through the yabber jabber coming out of your mouth right now. I don't, hey, listen, some audio files are completely the opposite. For instance, Ray Ortega, I know as a guy, uh, Ray Ortega, who we again met at Podcast Movement, the host of Podcasters Roundtable, as well yep. as the Podcaster Studio uh, show. He only listens at one, one X speed. Like he is a real, like a purist about it. I've generally found that people who produce shows, people who actually do the editing, don't mind listening fast. I would love to be able to listen to my edit fast, even like play it while I'm editing the show and listen to it at, you know, one and a half speed or anything. And anyway, this is very exciting to me. This, 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 uh, find from Chris Lupo. So thank you, Chris. And I'm sure somebody else is going to appreciate that too. I'm going to share that. You know where I'm going to share that out for people, Josh, uh, on our Twitter, no, our Facebook, it's sort of on Facebook. On our here's, website. I don't know where we're going with this. Here, here, you, can, you can follow us on Twitter. That's true. You can find us Always Pod. That's where we are on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook, Always Listening Pod. And you can also join our Facebook group. And that's where I'm going to share this. We've got a great Facebook group. Uh, there'll be links in the show notes. 
Uh, you can find us there, and not only are we going to suggest other shows outside of the ones we're currently reviewing uh, that you can check out that are pretty cool shows, but listeners are suggesting shows as well. So if you want more podcast discussion, that's the, that's the place to go get it, and I'll have links for this Huff Duffer stuff there as well. Thanks, so, Chris. So here's some real talk for you. I don't like that we're, our Twitter is at alwayspod, and another thing is at alwayslisteningpod. Just make it all always pod. I don't know that I can, actually. I, like, I think that was a, some things were available in some places and some things were not available in other places. Well, let's break some kneecaps and make it happen. <laughs> I, hey, all we got to do is get uh, some of that sweet, sweet blog talk radio money and then we can pay everybody off, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, man. Uh, do you have anything else to add for uh, this review, Josh? No, it's a, I think it's a, a fantastic find. I agree. Which I feel like is a segment I just ripped off of Mommy's Cocktail Hour. You did. You did yeah. a little bit. Hey, let's, uh, let's uh, talk real quick about what you can expect upcoming in your feed. Uh, what are we going to be listening to over the next few weeks, Josh, since we are always listening? Uh, let's see. We've got a little uh, Trivial Warfare. That's coming next week. Uh, we've got some Invisibilia. That's coming in two weeks, um, three weeks. We've got the... Th- I, I love that we're getting on to this show as late as you could possibly get on a show. Uh, we're going to do... The Thrilling Adventure Hour, which is kind of over, but there's like the back library is like 300 episodes strong. Like it's there's a lot of them. That's coming in several weeks. You missed one in our in, in this month. What else are we going to cover? We're going to cover a show called Idacious. It's a food talk for gluttons show. Pretty cool show uh, from a nice lady, Janae Libby, the host of that one. And that is our third uh, review. It's all coming here. You stay subscribed. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us at Blog Talk Radio dot com slash always listening pod if you have uh, feedback if you have questions if you have a show you'd like us to review you can email always listening pod at gmail.com until next week we've been your hosts i'm josh i'm joel and we are always listening Always Listening is a proud member of the Two Guys and a Rogue Network. You can find more great reviews and our full list of episodes by searching for Always Listening in iTunes or Stitcher. Or go to blogtalkradio.com slash alwayslisteningpod. Find us on Facebook and Twitter as well, Always Listening Pod, and email the show, alwayslisteningpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Enough by Bethany Rayburn.
Two guys and a rogue. I'm one guy. I'm the other. And this is The Network.